Attention student drivers! Bay Area Driving School has been teaching Castor Valley High School students to get their learner's permit and driver's license since 1949. They offer teen driver's ed online and virtual driver's ed class. Get your permit at 15 and a half years old and your license at 16 years old. Check out the website BayAreaDriving.com to get started today. Learn to drive safely with confidence and precision with Bay Area Driving School. On today's episode of The Trojan Horse, Turtle Newman answers all your questions about the ASP presidential race in a special interview with candidates Ava Alburo and Quentin Hansen. Then, Annalisa Sue, Sophia Pereira, and Simon Taylor take Drew Paxman through the burn book of rehearsal secrets from the drama department's production of Mean Girls. Evan Griffith continues our Student Voices series with an excerpt from a short story. And Wyatt Franklin ends this episode in an interview with future UC San Diego rower Kyle Leibowitz. All this on the March episode of The Trojan Horse. After a highly contested preliminary round, the final candidates for the ASB elections have been set. The Olympians Turtle Newman sat down with two candidates for ASB president, Ava Alburo and Quentin Hansen. Here is their conversation. Do you guys have previous experience in, I guess, ASB student like government? So for the past five years, I've been a part of student council beginning in middle school ASB as ASB treasurer and ASB president in which I've been able to learn how to lead different committees as well as plan different events. And then I continued in high school as freshman, sophomore, and junior class president where I've learned how to lead class homecoming activities, organize fundraisers, work different community drives like canned food drive and blood drive, as well as encourage school spirit and communicate within the student body and their parents. In this past year, I have served as the ASB school board representative, which means I I'm a part of the five ASB officers that are in charge of representing the students at CVHS and leading the leadership class, and also concurrently serving as the CVUSD student board member, which means that it's my job to represent all 9,000 plus students within the district. During that time, I've worked with various administrative personnel, uh, ranging from some of our assistant principals here, all the way up to our district superintendent, while also leading the leadership class and working closely with our current ASB president to ensure that our events are planned well, they're executed well, and that the leadership class is running smoothly. So why do you guys choose to run for ASB president this year? Well, I'm running because I just want to ensure that our student voices are being shared, that they're being collected, that they are the primary voice heard by admin when making decisions ranging from you know course policy for example our equitable grading as well that's a big topic of discussion right now and I just want to make sure that student voices on campus are going into that and that their voices are being shared and I also want to ensure that our events are spirited and that they are a representation of what the students wants and overall that our school year is a fun and spirited year 
So I want to run to continue making fun and memorable experiences for everyone, whether it be connecting them to clubs that interest them or putting just fun activities and events that really appeal to their interests and make sure that they have a very memorable high school experience. I really want to make sure that everyone's voices are heard and that each type of person is feeling seen and addressed, whether they be in a different club, activity, sport, or other extracurricular. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you're, you've both kind of been involved in student body government before. Throughout those years, what do you feel like you achieved? Is there any like specific you know, events that you're proud of doing or you feel turned out well? So some of the events I do feel very proud of helping to plan and lead throughout my years of student council is mainly helping out with class homecoming activities. I've been class president before, during, and after the pandemic, so I've really seen and understood how the student body was affected during that time, and I know how to implement new solutions to improve upon what we previously have had, and also know what to continue so that the student body is happy and they feel seen. As well as homecoming activities, I've also helped been a part of different committees like Blood Drive Can Food Drive, helped out the community with that and also maintain consistent communication by using our class Instagram, website, and our parent Facebook. Well, I'll go ahead and start off with the big one. I'm sure some of you out there remember that I promised to bring food trucks to this campus last year, and I did successfully do that during our homecoming week, but I also did a whole lot more during my time uh, in this position. My main overarching, I guess, responsibility representing the students in the district is think about the big picture in terms of our board policy regarding um, student activities and course curriculum over the years. And I've ensured that our student voices are being heard by going to elementary, middle schools and talking to their student government and even setting up some meetings at the district office with uh, administrative personnel, whether that be directors, assistant superintendents, or our district superintendent. Here on campus, I, like I mentioned previously, I've, I'm an ASB officer and it's my job to make sure that our events are being run smoothly and that our committees within the leadership class are, are going well and that our information is getting out there as much as possible. And I feel proud of the fact that this year we've been good about getting information out to the student body and genuinely receiving information. And one example from that is during our homecoming week, we did take a poll survey asking the student body uh, what our homecoming week theme should be. It was a major success and I'm very proud to have been a part of that this past year. When you were first becoming involved with stuff like student body government, even in middle school, why did you guys want to become involved and did you picture yourselves even junior year running for ASB president? In all honesty, my leadership experience started in high school in terms of ASB and leadership and all that. And I mean, I ran my freshman year because I saw what COVID was doing to our class, you know. I, I saw how it was creating a divide between each other and how we weren't able to access the events or really just experience high school the way it's normally done and experience all that fun. And so I ran for ASB because I, I believe that it's leadership's job to ensure that our school year is fun, engaging, and responsive with our student body and that we're overall creating the best high school experience we possibly can for the students on this campus. 
So for me, my election experience started in sixth grade. So what first attracted me about leadership was going into middle school. I didn't know a lot of people. It was a really big campus. And what really connected me to the student body were the types of events that leadership hosted, whether it be dances or different drives. I really wanted to help others have that same experience that I did. So that is why I ran for ASB in middle school and was successful with it. And through my time, even during the pandemic, I had seen how it affected the student body. A lot of people really felt disconnected and felt like they weren't able to connect with others and felt like they were missing out on their middle school experience as well as going into their high school experience. And during that time, I felt like I was able to really help out with that by hosting like weekly Zoom hangouts where incoming freshmen could hang out and just get to know each other through games and different activities, as well as hosting different fundraisers and helping with events like homecoming, even though it was virtual, in order to really get the student body involved and feel like they had a safe space to go to if they were feeling distant or just wanted to make some new friends. I didn't even realize that during your guys' freshman year, it was still like quarantine going yeah. into that. That's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. So are you guys, since you're both in ASB positions right now, do you guys like work together with each other regularly? How do you say it is working together or uh, with the other members of like the ASB government right now? Between me and Quentin, I mean, we're, we do have different roles, but I mean, when we do work together, I do find it very enjoyable. I think we both balance each other out and work together pretty well. So my experience working with the other people in the class, as a class president currently, I have a lot of practice delegating tasks as well as ensuring that the student body is heard in and out of leadership while making sure to always get other students' feedback as well as listening to their ideas to make sure that it is implemented as best as they can. Like Ava mentioned, we're both part of the leadership family and while our jobs may be a little bit different in terms of what we do. We're both working towards making sure the events on campus are, are fun and spirited. But a main difference between our positions is as an ASB officer, I'm working towards representing the whole school and really being instrumental in leading the leadership class directly. I'm, I'm working with uh, Jaylene Cole, the current ASB president, uh, basically on a daily basis to ensure that our leadership operations are running smoothly. And this has really given me an insight on what works well, what we need to improve on, and how we can make next year a fun and spirited year from a leadership standpoint. What programs do you want to implement next year, even if you're keeping some stuff the same from this year? For the new programs that I want to implement into this year is I really want to plan an international festival which would bring together all types of clubs on campus. Some clubs have already agreed to it such as Deco Club and Cook to Connect as well as some other cultural clubs and the world language teachers. So this club would entail bringing together all types of people from all different cultures to have different food and also share some cultural performances. This festival would help raise money for clubs, bring awareness to different language classes, bring together people from all backgrounds, and overall try to improve the experience of all types of students and making them feel welcome. And as well as programs that I do want to continue, Jalen Cole is currently doing a really good job with trying to get feedback, um, whether it be through her online form on the website where you can submit suggestions or doing the homecoming form that she sent out to get feedback on the themes. So I would really like to continue that because I do believe our student feedback is the driving force in the decisions that the leadership student body makes. 
So I want to make sure that those programs are being continued and that everyone's voice is heard as best as possible. One new program I plan on implementing is a quote-unquote adulting 101 course in partnership with the adult school. And that's a course that teaches our juniors and seniors and uh, sophomores and freshmen, if they'd like, the you know, fundamental responsibilities. And it really teaches a student how to succeed in the adult world. You know, I mean, we're going to be adults sooner than later, right after we leave high school. And you always hear that common phrase, you know, school doesn't teach me to do my taxes. Well, with this course, it would. It would teach you how to do your taxes, uh, apply for a credit card, so much more than that. And that's one program I want to implement, partnership with the adult school. And like Ava mentioned, I do want to ensure that our student voices are being shared here on campus as well. I do believe that this past year has been a big step up in terms of reaching out to the student body. And it shows that it works. You know, our events have been more successful. The turnout has been better. The general reception from the student body has been more positive. And that just goes to show that us making that effort to reach out works both ways and it, it overall makes our school year and our events a lot better. What would you say are the most admirable traits uh, in each other? Well, what I really admire about Quentin is he always has a very positive attitude, he's very helpful, and he's always willing to lend a helping hand when, everyone, when anyone needs it. I'm very thankful that Ava stepped up and really led our class through the pandemic because without her leadership and in all honesty and working with all the other class officers, I mean, we would not be in the place we are right now and like I mentioned that's something that's very important to our class and so Ava taking that initiative and stepping up with her outreach during our freshman year I, I admire a lot and I think it it really has put our class on a better standing than we would have been without it. You guys both sound like really amazing candidates I mean you're you're dedicated inspiring and I think it really shows that you care a lot about the student body and everyone here so uh, good luck to both of you on your campaigns. Thank you for talking. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here's the deal. When you go State Farm, you get a local agent that can deliver good neighbor service at surprisingly great rates. Pick the right team. Give Anglin Insurance and Financial Services Incorporated a call at 510-537-8100. That's 510-537-8100. Hey everyone, it's Maya Wong with The Olympian, and I have a question for you. On Wednesdays, do you wear pink? Well, the theater department is currently in their production of Mean Girls the Musical. Based off of Tina Fey's 2004 cult classic of the same name, Mean Girls tells the story of Katie Heron, a high school junior engaged in a war with the school's infamous clique, the Plastics. Olympian great Drew Paxman sat down with student director Annalisa Sue, student tech director Simon Taylor, and Sophia Pereira, who plays the iconic Regina George. The news breaks that the musical is Mean Girls. What, what are you all thinking? What's going through your mind for the auditions, for ideas for directing, for the set? What's going through your mind? Originally, when the news first came out that we were doing Mean Girls, I wasn't really happy because I didn't really like it. But once we started, I found that like there's so many options you can do with it because it's so modern. I'm really excited about the costume design, honestly, because it's so bright but also modern. 
I think I was one of the biggest advocates for Mean Girls. I was one of the first people who was like, we should do it. I was really nervous for auditions because this is a show that I really adore. And I was like, I need, I need to get these like leading roles in this show because I just, I want to play these characters. I was so excited about it. And then Cassis comes out and it's just the whole process has been like really, it's been different than a lot of shows I've done, but it's been different in a good way. I did not like it because there's no reference photos of any. It's a really new show, which is why I think we're doing it. But it also means that there's no like background that you can really pull from when designing a set or figuring anything out because it was just released. So all you really, I have a lot of freedom, but that's also really difficult at times. What's the balance between trying to make it look like something that was a part of the show and a part of the original production or also doing your own thing and applying your own creativity to that? I feel like I really expressed that through the set design itself where it was, I tried to pull more from like the Heathers and High School Musical set designs because those were the designs that are like most similar, especially Heathers. And between the two of them, you just throw it all together because the Broadway production is all just LCD screens in the back. So there's no actual like physical like set that comes on. The entire background is all projections or images and we weren't sure about how we were gonna accomplish that. We found that there are the Broadway images online that we have received to use in our production, as well as trying to find the best of both worlds as you do with everything. Going to Annalisa, so Mean Girls is probably one of the most iconic films of this century. The original Broadway production was nominated for 12 Tonys, and now the musical is becoming a movie itself, with the cast list just released a couple of weeks ago. So it's safe to say that people have a certain perception of Mean Girls coming into this show that you guys are going to do. So how do you and the director, Miss Daly, deal with that pressure, and how do you make this production uniquely its own from all those other very famous entities? I feel like every time we do a production at the school, it really comes down to the people who are participating in it. And because everyone and like all the different schools are so uniquely different, we're able to incorporate some of their own emotions into their characters. Like the people playing minor characters create their like own background stories for their characters so they have like chemistry on stage. We don't have to be just like Broadway, you know. We're good enough on our own. Sophie, I'm gonna go to you. It's a similar question. Regina George is one of the reasons why that movie has become so popular and it's also in this production and in the Broadway production in general a very hard part to sing so how do you meet people's expectations of that character while also similarly making that character uniquely its own? I think it's really it's it's a really hard like balance because you want to stay true to the character because everyone knows it and everyone's like okay this is Regina George this is how she acts this is how she thinks I'm like okay but there's also that nuance of oh it's a stage show oh, you have to sing now. You're right about that. It's not easy to sing. I think I've just tried to like take inspiration from the movie. I don't think I've watched the movie during this production just to keep myself like a little bit separate from the character. And I think I've just gone through the scripts and looked at the lines and looked at how I would kind of think about them if I were this character. I think I kind of play her more insecure than, I play her queen bee, but I have like my own little nuance to it to try and make it my own, I guess. And the singing part, 
drink so much water, literally don't fall out at every time. I have been marking kind of at rehearsals and that's to keep up my voice so that people are like, wow, she can sing during the show. What are some challenges that you have encountered thus far with the production? And then on top of that, what are some things that you are really proud of that this production, this cast, and this team have been able to accomplish? The thing that I'm working on now, projections, just because there's just so many of them and the time that it takes to actually go through them and manually program everything in is exhaustive on top of everything else. And it's not really something that you can just say, here, look, build this or do this. I hear the plans. You have to really know what's coming out of it mm -hmm. and know your software and your vision. When we first started, we had a bigger cast. I think one of the hard things was so many people dropping and some people dropped like really recently, like one or two weeks ago. And then we have to figure out, are we going to replace them? Are we going to cut out the character from the show? If the character only has one line, we don't necessarily need them because we don't have enough people. And also because it's such a rigorous show, we did understudies and it's not double cast. So a lot of the understudies are really sad that they don't get their own show. But some of my favorite parts is working with the cast. With such a modern show, there's so much excitement and drama and all this chemistry between people. You can like tell like everyone's friends and when they're on stage with like the big numbers where everyone is like at a party with their friends, you can really see it happening. And the stage combat, it looks amazing. I think, I, I don't know about anyone else, I've had really big motivation problems with this show. Like we'll be rehearsing for upwards of like, right now I think we're at like what, three or four hours a day? Which, that's not, it, it gets worse next week, but it's fine. Three or four hours a day and like you're just, like some of those rehearsals will move really, really slow and they'll run the same number like four times. And if you're not in that number, you're just sitting and waiting, but you can't go too far because they might need you five minutes later. So it's just really difficult to sit there and be like, I want to be here, I enjoy this, this is something I want to do, when you are just sitting there and being totally like unproductive, because it's really hard to do homework in that environment. It's loud, people are always coming up to talk to you, which is good, that's why we have such good chemistry, because we talk to each other, we're all friends. But it doesn't lend itself to doing homework, so... I think this show's gonna be incredible though, honestly. It's a rigorous show and I think that's what's gonna make it really impressive. Like once we put it on stage with the quick set changes, with the costume changes, with the costuming, the lighting is probably gonna look, from what I've seen, it's looking really good. The projections are gonna be really high tech looking. And then all of our all of our actors are incredible. Like I'm just in awe every time that they like walk on stage and sing a song. I'm like, how did you, that was so good. And I have to stand there and look at them. Like I hate them, but I'm like, no, I love you, you were so good. Thank you all for coming in today and talking about Mean Girls. Any final thought, thoughts or anywhere that people could buy tickets potentially? You should go to the Castorelli CFA website. CVCFA.com. Buy tickets. We have six shows, March 17th, 18th, 19th, 24th, 25th, 26th. Come to the show. It's going to be great. Come to the show. Thank you all for coming in today. And everybody, go see Mean Girls. Maintaining reliable wastewater pipelines and facilities is everyone's responsibility. They are simple actions we can all take to make sure that our wastewater system works. 
Pastor Valley Sanitary District wants to remind you to do your part to prevent sewer blockages by only flushing the three P's. Pee, poop, and toilet paper. Never flushing wipes and not putting fats, oils, and grease on the drain. Together we can do our part to keep our sewage lines clean and functional. For more information, visit cvsan.org slash wastewater. Zoe Dorado, the artist of Ode and news editor from The Olympian. I'm here to present our next student voice, Olympian great and short story writer, Evan Griffith. Hello, my name is Evan Griffith and I'm going to be reading an excerpt of a short story I wrote called Lilac Drumming. It's a commentary on exclusion and current events regarding gun violence. Jim sat at the top of the stairs, looking down at the beating dance floor while sipping a drink. He sat in such a way as that he could rest his chin on his knees and relax. He looked like some weight had been lifted from his shoulders as he sat there bent at the knees and the waist. A tall, wiry woman, about 20 or 21, with a large flower earring hanging down to her shoulder, squatted down to sit next to Jim. "'How are you liking it?' the woman yelled over the drumming and singing. "'It's incredible,' Jim replied. "'I mean, I've heard the stories, you know, but it's just so different to be here with the music and all these people deforming at once.' Deforming, the woman yelled again. Jim, you can't call it deforming here, remember? People are sensitive, and rightfully so. Sorry, sorry, you're right. I just slip up sometimes. I really am enjoying myself, though. Aha, I told you, Jim. I told you you'd like it. Marsha ran down the stairs and skipped the last three, pounding on the floor, somehow exactly on beat. People cheered and patted her on the back as she re-entered the mob. Jim nodded his head to the music and stretched his legs. He stood and pulled his knees to his chest, then pulled his feet back behind him one at a time. The skinny man, almost a boy, maybe 19 years old, walked up to Jim's side. It feels good to be able to stretch out in the open, the boy man yelled. Oh, hi. Yeah, it feels pretty good, Jim replied, rather taken aback by the stranger. Is it your first time here? Yeah, it is. Is it really that obvious? No, no, it's it's just something I ask everyone I talk to. Oh, okay, I was a little nervous when I first got here, so I'm 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 glad people can't tell that I'm nervous anymore. I mean, I'm not I'm not nervous anymore, so I'm glad that it shows. Jim criticized himself in his head for his jumbled sentences. Don't worry, you're safe here. People don't come to judge others if you haven't noticed. My name is Peter. What's yours? Jim was about to respond but got interrupted by a thunderous pounding at the front door of the house. It was not like the pounding of feet on floorboards. It was one dark, booming noise, repeated alone without rhythm. The house became silent within seconds. Quiet, anxious whispers murmured. People started closing their eyes and hugging each other closely. The lilac haze hung in the air motionlessly. Someone flicked the lights off. Pitch black silence. Three more pounds rang through the room, followed by more silence. Finally, a loud voice yelled from behind the door.
Continuing in his interviews with college-bound CVHS athletes, Olympian great White Franklin shifts his attention from track to rowing. Here is his interview with future UC San Diego rowing heavyweight Kai Leibowitz. How did you get into rowing? Well, I had a family friend that was in it, and he told me about it in around 8th grade. And so I went and did like the middle school camp for rowing, and I was like, oh, it's kind of fun, and then I didn't really do it for a while. And then COVID kind of hit, and I didn't have anything to do, and so I thought I was, might as well go and do something, and so I kind of got back into rowing. And then ever since then, ever since my sophomore year, I've been doing it every day, so yeah. Did you play any sports before rowing, or was it just you rowing? I did like a couple sports for like maybe like four months at a time. I think the longest was like two years I did baseball, but that was when I was younger. I did diving, water polo, those are the main two ones though, yeah. What kind of made you stick with rowing besides those other sports? I just like the team, I like my teammates a lot. It's just fun to like go down to the boathouse every day and like talk to them and just, and like, and work towards something with them. Also, I just really like racing too. It's um, really fun to train and then be able to, to earn a race or to earn winning a race. It's just like a, it's a fun thing to work towards, yeah. So you're going in for the college level, do you think you had to put any more effort or time into to compete at the college level? Definitely, yeah. At the college level, there's a lot more practices and there's a lot more um, commitment towards it, but I'm excited for that because I just love the sport and I think it's going to be a lot more fun to dedicate more time of my life to it. Like instead of one practice a day, I'll do two, or instead of, instead of having like six practices a week, I'll do like, I'll have all seven days going to practice, but it'll, it'll be fun, I think. And then how did you get recruited to the college team? Was it scouts or tryouts? The main thing that people look at when they go to college recruiting is like um, 2K times and 6K times. And so that, that's, that's kilometer tests. And so two kilometer tests, six kilometer tests. What I did was I tested myself to see how fast I could go two kilometers or six kilometers on the ERG, which is the rowing machine. Once I had a time that, was, that they liked, I was able to send that to them. And they were like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then... I sent them videos of me rowing, and then they were like, oh, that's not, that looks cool, too. And then they invited me on an official. I went and visited the school, got to know them, and they saw that I wasn't crazy or something like that. And then they said, and they gave me an offer. But UC San Diego just seemed like the best choice for me because of its location, and the coaching was really good, and I liked the guys a lot, and I thought that was a really good school for me. Yeah. Being a student athlete can be difficult, especially when it can be at a high level. How do you think you balance school and sports? Really, the trick to it is just time management. I feel that like a lot of the stuff we do in school and the homework is manageable if you're able to just find time to dedicate to it, just do a little bit of every, every night instead of waiting till the last moment and just doing all of it. It's been a struggle, you know, especially having to get to bed early. Like I try to go to bed like at least like 11 o'clock every night. And so getting home at around eight and having to shower and eat dinner and then do homework, it's difficult. You only really have like two and a half hours to do homework. But if you're able to just like compartmentalize it and find what you need to do that night instead of what you have to do the entire week, it's easier to do it when you're, when you're managing your time, right? And then what do you think was your greatest success? So far, my greatest success, I'd say, was um, winning a summer national championships. And that was pretty fun. We went to Oak Ridge, Tennessee to do that. And I rode in the men's, uh, it's called the men's straight four, which means there's no person at the there's no person at the front of it telling you what to do. It's just you and your teammates, and you're using a wire that goes along the boat to, to steer the rudder. And so it's it was it was a really fun race, and I was really happy with how that race went. I think we raced um, pretty well and maturely, 
and so that's probably my greatest achievement is winning that winning that national championship right in the summer. Yeah. You kind of talked about a lot about your teammates. Do you think you had any other like big supporters? Yeah, I mean, my, my mom and my dad, of course, have been big supporters. Um, my grandma has definitely been a big supporter. My entire family has really. My family friend Matt has always been a huge supporter. He's the reason I got into the sport. You know, my teammates too have been huge supporters and family friends as well. It's just been really important in my successes during the sport. So, what do you think you're most excited about going college? I'd say like the team aspect still. Um, I mean, I love my teammates now, and I think I'll love my teammates in college too. I think if without the teammates, I don't know if I would be in love with the sport as I am right now but my teammates are really like the driving force in me staying in the sport and me working so hard in the sport it's because they push me and I push them and it's just like a lot of fun to be able to work towards something with them and so I'm really excited to be able to spend more time with my teammates in college you know just not just go to the boathouse with them and row with them but also live with them and like go to classes with them and do all that kind of stuff and just like work hard with them in and outside of the sport because I think that they're all going to be great guys and stuff like that. And so I, I'm really excited for that. All right, that's it. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, man. Well, that does it for this episode of The Trojan Horse. We would like to thank our guests for this episode. Ava Alboro, Evan Griffith, Quentin Hansen, Sophia Pereira, Kai Lubowitz, Annalisa Sue, and Simon Taylor. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media handles. That's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at CVHS Olympian. If you want to contact us, make sure to find that little green box on our website or shoot us an email at cvhsolympian at gmail.com. Also, look out for our new newspapers, our print edition in the little green boxes in 700 Hall, the library, the book room, the main office, and 200 Hall. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.